Um, I'm going to be a little more interactive today. I actually pulled the live stream up on my phone, so you live stream peoples, I'll be able to see what you're posting, which is not usually not good for me because I'm usually easily distracted, but um, there's a reason for it, and I'm going to talk about it first before, before I look at all the comments. Um, so I, I, I wanted to do this so that we're going to be a little more interactive in here, and I want to be a little more interactive out there as well. So, um, you know, uh, I say this all the time that the, the older I get and the, the longer I'm in this, this Christian life, this, this new life with Christ, the less I see things as coincidence and the more I see things as um, God intervening in my life all the time. Even the small things I begin to pick up. Um, when I used to think we're really, we're really not a big deal, I thought we're cheesy or we're silly, I'm beginning to see more and more that God works just as much in those small things as he does what, what we consider big things, right? And so to me, and then there are times when God's just real persistent and won't leave you alone about it until you're like, okay, you're right. <laughs> we'll just, I'll go along with what you're doing because that seems like a better idea. Um, that's one of those times today. So this past week, I was, I was invited a while back to speak um, through a Q&A deal with uh, Bridge the Coast, which is uh, several of our worship team uh, uh, is involved with their worship. And they basically, they, they kind of exist to bring several different denominations together to worship together. It's a really neat thing. We Our church has been a part of it for years. Sometimes they use this area to practice. And like I said, some of our guys are involved in it. So uh, one of the leaders there invited me to do a Q&A. Um, and it was pretty neat. And I, I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. I'd never really done one. So I asked, I was like, hey, what, you know, what's, you can send me some questions or what, how's this work? They're like, well, no, just kind of give your testimony. And I thought, I don't think I've seen them do many other people where they just ask them to do their testimony. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do, that's fine. And I gave a little bit different version than I traditionally do as far as my history goes that I felt was, was perfect for that. So did that, that was really cool. Then um, Andrew, I think, posted something that Lauren posted was a Bill Johnson little uh, snippet of him talking about uh, about testimonies and the power of testimonies. And he said, you know, he looked up testimony in the, in the Old Testament and saw where it was, uh, the, the word in the Hebrew was like a do-over, like it would happen over and over again. I was like, that sounds cool, but I'm, not that I don't trust Bill, but I was like, I'm gonna go look this up because it's interesting. So I started looking in the Hebrew and Aramaic and everything, and it's really cool. I'm gonna tell you about that in a minute. So, um, so just testimonies have just been kind of bubbling <laughs> in me. Then Buddy sends me a text message, hey, did you hear Bud's testimony? And Bud, uh, Bud's here this morning, Bud, said, Bud posted a testimony that he, I spoke, I guess it was at a, another church. You can kind of give your testimony to some people. Oh, okay. We have, we have a Donahue mic. It was a Christian businessmen's uh, group gathering at the Hank. Oh, and cool. And they do it, I think, the first or second Thursday yep. of every month. Cool. Okay, so anyway, so, yeah, Bud gave his testimony, and so I, I listened to it yesterday and then listened to it again this morning, and, uh, and I was like, well, I guess we need to talk about testimonies. <laughs> seems, seems appropriate. Um, and so I could, I could sit up here and talk about it all, you know, the whole time, but I would rather uh, specifically for this, because this testimony is I don't want to just talk about mine. You, most of you have heard mine anyway. Um, so I'm going to talk about testimony in general and what that looks like in the picture and the word picture that I actually got when I studied it. Um, so, and then I'm going to let you guys, if you have any kind of testimony, and I'm not talking about, you know, when I was three, I stole a piece of gum and then we're going to, you know, we don't, we don't have a ton of time. So if there's a brief testimony, we want to give other people opportunities, in other words. So we're going to give opportunities for you guys to give. So be thinking about that. If you have a brief testimony, most recently or even a long time ago, if the Lord's brought something up, but something kind of quick that you can encourage somebody with, be thinking about that while I talk about this. So, um, yeah. So uh, I went and did research to the word testimony, and I did look in, in a lot of the Old Testament uh, 
places where it was uh, translated from Hebrew and Aramaic in different different ways. And my, the, the coolest thing that I found was a picture word. It was a pictograph. And uh, in the picture, the word, and it's kind of crossed over between different, different translations, will say witness, and some will say testimony. And they're kind of the same thing. Um, and so... What it, what's really cool about it that I never saw before was it's a picture word and it's a picture of an eye and a picture of a doorway. And the, 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 the meaning of the word uh, testimony or witness is you see something. Really, it could be see or hear. You, you witness something, essentially. But that's just the first part of the word. The second part is the door. And this is so cool to me because you, you, you witness something that happens to somebody else. Something, some, something, slow down, Justin. Too much coffee. You witness something that happens to someone else. You either see it, you hear about it. Somehow it's relayed to you, written down in a message, whatever. Um, but you don't just see it and say, oh, that's really cool that that happened to them. But the second part of the word is a doorway, meaning you walk through it, right? So the, the, the word means so much more to me now, just not, you know, you need to go out and witness. You know, I don't know if y'all heard that in churchianity. You need to go witness to people. Okay, what does that mean? Well, what it really means is, when you, when you give testimony, when you give te testimony and witness something happening, um, you, you tell someone about something that happened to you and God together. So you're telling them that God and man or are, are, are do something happened, you know, with that. And that's different for everybody. God's the same, but it's different individually. And sometimes people need to hear and see that happen in you for it to be a reality to them and for them to walk through that door, right? So it's not... It, it, all, it goes all the way back, to, for me, it goes all the way back to Jesus doing all these things and us saying, oh, well, that's cool that Jesus could do those. But no, he says, no, we, we're supposed to do these things too. He did those things as a prototype, as, a, as a, a, a picture for us to see what God and man look like together on the earth. And so it, it's, it's the same thing he did. I only, see, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I see the Father say. So when we give testimony and we talk about what God does in our lives, and it's very personal, right? It's, it's, it's very meaningful because... It's not complicated. And that was another thing I didn't have to really study when they were like, hey, when, when Bridge the Coast asked me, hey, just give your testimony. I, it was kind of a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, well, I don't even have to prepare for that. You know, I, know, I, know, I mean, I know my story. Now, I did. I prayed about it, and I thought about some of the things that have happened to me over the years and how I could hopefully help other people that may be struggling with that. And one of the things I, I kind of touched on was my struggles because I thought the, the people that were listening could benefit from a certain part of my testimony, not the traditional part that I've done, I know by heart, you know. Um, and so I, I thought about that, and, I, and so I told, I talked about, and it's recorded if you want to go listen to it, but I basically talked about uh, one of the, the main parts was after church, I really strive to gain more of something, more of God, more anointing, more whatever it was. I wanted to be, um, I wanted God to be happier with me, and I wanted to accomplish more things, and I always felt like I was lacking, and I always felt like I wasn't good enough. And, you know, like many of you guys, I know that have got caught up in this kind of system. You get saved over and over again, and then you, you, you do well, and then you fall, and do well, and then you fall. And you, you get in this vicious cycle of trying to, trying to do all this stuff on your own when, when Jesus is standing, well, not standing next to you. He's inside you saying, Psst. <laughs> I already took care of this for you. <laughs> I need you to do some other stuff. You're kind of focused on, I don't know, yourself right now. <laughs> I need, I, I've got lots of other things for you to do. And so I kind of focused on that, 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 that I, what I discovered um, struggling through several years early in Christianity um, from age 20 was that I was trying to do a lot of things in my own strength that, got, that Jesus had already done for me, and I was, I was shoot, basically shooting myself in the foot thinking that I couldn't minister to people because I couldn't do or say or, or you know, didn't have these certain giftings or anointings, so I, I was cutting myself short when I had Jesus the whole time, basically. And so, and I also help, hopefully help people understand that you don't 
you don't run around and run to altars begging people for gifts. You go to a birthday party, people give you gifts, right? And I, I kind of express that too. Like, look, God gives us gifts. You don't need to, to struggle and strive and try to pay him back for it. It's a gift. You just receive a gift. So I kind of, I, I talked about that and how in my life, I discovered that over the years and kind of walked through that. And that was kind of part of my testimony. And so for me, I was hoping, um, especially after I studied what this word means, that not only will people see that, that that happened to me, but they'll walk through that door, right? So they'll actually experience it. So what I want to do today, we're going to, um, I'm going to open up the floor. Uh, we've got a mic here and uh, well, we've got a mic up there. And we've got a mic right there. And so we've got mics here and we've got people online. There's people already commenting. Hey, Julie. Hey. Lots of people watching. Joseph. Hey, guys. Uh, Deborah, Nancy. Lots of people. Okay. Lots of people. Love you guys. So you guys can get involved in this, too. Um, if you have a brief testimony and you want to, uh, <laughs> Julie said, yep, like running on a hamster wheel. Never, get, <laughs> never getting to where church said I should be. That's right. It was, it was, it was frustrating. It was over and over and over again. So uh, once you guys get involved online, you guys in here, we've got a microphone um, Andrew, you got some kind of disinfectant? We can like wipe that thing down or anything. Okay, good luck. But we'll we'll try to <laughs> try not to spit on it. I don't know what to tell you. I'll probably get in trouble for this or somehow. All right. So, yeah. So if you guys have, I, like I said, I could tell you about my testimony. If you guys don't have anything, I'll be glad. I got plenty to tell. Uh, but I want to give opportunity to you guys, Bill. You're number one. Okay. There's no prizes. Sorry, but you're still no, you're still no, you you're still the first one. You can stay right there. Well, you can come up here. You can do whatever you want to do. Okay. This is your church, too. You want to come you up here? Sit down? Or? You want to sit down? You do whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. Let's I'm going to get some water, here. though. You can sit in my seat. Okay, so. You can have the whole show. <laughs> so, several people here Whoa. kind of know our story, but there are some here who don't. So um, in 2014, my wife of 23 years was diagnosed with stage four melanoma and passed away in uh, 2016, in January of 2016. And, you know, we were members of this church and had come for a long time. And so that was, it was really difficult because to be perfectly honest, it never occurred to me that Kathy was actually going to die. Literally, it just never occurred to me. Um, And so I just... During all of that, and especially right afterwards, I never doubted that God was good. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why it happened. I've got five children. I didn't think I was going to break down like this. Um, And so, and Ray was only four when Kathy died. Well, three, actually. Um, And so, um, you know, I didn't know how God was going to work it out, but it like I said, I never, it never occurred to me that Kathy was going to die, but then I never doubted that we were going to be taken care of. You know, right after Kathy died, Kathy's parents literally moved in with us because Kathy was a stay-at-home mom and a homeschooler, and my kids had never been in school before. And so her parents literally moved in with us for a year and helped us transition to getting them into school. And I, I, I wouldn't have been able to survive that. Um, you know, we started going to counseling, and our counselor on several occasions commented on how, you know, most people who, or most men who went through that, or maybe not most, but a good number of them would have just checked out. Um, and so, uh, 
I just, the, the thing that got me through all of that was never doubting that God was good, and I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I knew it was going to work out. Okay, well, the, uh, most, a lot of you know my story, but um, I was married in the past to one of the elders in this church, and for 23 years, it was an emotionally abusive marriage. It was a very hard thing to live with, and there was a lot of feelings of worthlessness that I dealt with for those 23 years. My self-esteem was basically spattered all over the ground. So when, um, right, you know, right before Kathy passed away, we were all good friends, and I watched the kids grow up, and we had play, what do we call them? Play dates. I'm nervous, um, in each other's houses, and it was just, she was a very special person to me, and I knew, of course, I knew Bill, too, and we even vacationed together at one point, and Bill was an elder as well, and so it looked like I lived the perfect life, but I was hurting a lot of years, and so um, a week, a week and a half before Kathy passed away, my ex-husband of 23 years decided he was done, he wanted to leave, one of the biggest shocks of my life, but now I'm set free, and I'm so happy, and was in so much bondage, and, and now I had lost two children at 42 and 43, and I was devastated because I love children. I always wanted a big family, and I had just had the two girls, and so I really doubted where God was and had a lot of depression. And so uh, my sister Sharon, as I was, when Bill and I got married, you know, before that she said, God's going to give you double for your trouble. So God gave <laughs> So actually, God gave me triple for my trouble because <laughs> I, I lost two and I gained six. And these kids mean the world to me. They have filled gaps and holes in my heart that I had all those years. And Bill just treats me like a princess. And I have the marriage I dreamed of, never thought possible. Now I have a best friend. And we serve each other. And before that, I served. I did all the serving, and I was just drained all the time. And now we try to outgive each other. <laughs> but God is good and faithful, and He. I, I have the life now that I never dreamed I would have. It's all about doing exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Wow. That's what God's done for me. That's good. Amen. So this is the perfect example of God's providential hand on both of our lives. Um, kind of funny story in all of this. So. Everybody here knows Melvin, Melvin Badon. That's, that's Renee's dad. So I guess it would have been, was it around August? Um, August of uh, after Kathy died. Um, maybe, maybe it was October. I don't remember. Anyway, one Sunday. Okay, at that point, I mean, I wasn't even remotely interested in dating. Didn't, didn't care, wasn't even remotely interested, except for the fact that, that I, God had begun putting it on my heart that you need to start thinking about it. And I literally, I remember telling God, okay, fine, I'll think about it. <laughs> and then one Sunday, Melvin walks up to me with this big grin on his face, and I swear it was just like this, well, it's official, Renee is single, the divorce papers were signed on Friday. <laughs> And so I literally was like, huh, okay. So that's, the, the rest is history. And I had made Dad promise he would not do that. <laughs> and I'll, uh... and, yeah. and I'll tell you, Bill, do you mind if I share a little bit? Okay. Of what, we, well, you don't even know what I'm going to share, but of we, what we talked about? Okay. Good, because this is like private conversations. Bill and I spent spent a lot of time on the phone, you know, um, just working through everything. Um, and and Bill, so many times when we prayed, you know, he said, you know, I, I don't know what to do. Obviously, kind of kind of lost there. But he's multiple times he said, you know, I just keep praying that God makes it easy, 
that I don't want to go and date and do all this stuff. I just, I just, I just want God to work out all the details because I don't know what I'm doing. And then when, when, when Melvin said, <laughs> when Melvin told him that, I was like, there it is. Yeah, no, no, Justin is absolutely right. That was my main concern was when the thought began to occur to me, okay, maybe, look, look, I, I've told this to Renee. Kathy and I had a great marriage, and she was my best friend. And being a loving, caring husband and father, it's in who I am. It's my DNA. And I can't imagine not doing that. And so I literally, I remember praying. It's like, okay, fine, God, but you're going to have to make it easy because I don't care. I'm not interested. But I just, I know I need this. I know I need this, and so you're just going to have to work it out. And it couldn't have been more easy. <laughs> I, I, I think back to it, and it's like, because it just all oh, just flowed perfectly. I mean, Renee is unbelievable the way she treats my children. I can't imagine anybody else being such a wonderful mother to my kids because it's so obvious that she loves them. Now, if you think about it, uh, one of the main reasons for that is that she watched them all grow up. I mean, Kathy and Renee were, were really good friends, and they did. They had play dates. And so Renee knew my kids. She knew all of them, and she prayed for all of us all the time. And the whole time Kathy was sick, she prayed, and she, like the rest of us, just assumed God was going to heal her. Now, look, I, I, I don't pretend to totally understand it, okay? I do, I do not believe God gave Kathy cancer. Um, we live in a fallen world, and bad stuff happens to good people every day. Yeah. God did not intend for Renee to be in an abusive marriage, but she was incredibly blessed to have two wonderful daughters come out of that. And we live in a fallen world, and nobody is perfect. But I, because it's part of my belief system that God lives completely outside of time. So to kind of explain this, it's kind of like... It's not that God can see the future. He's already there. Right. And so it's not like he is changing things to make your future better. He's already there. He sees all of it. Right. And so God just knew that all of this was going to happen. The timing of it was just, it's unbelievably perfect. And it's just a perfect example of me. The, the, the phrase I like to use is God's providential hand is on all of our lives. Yeah. And it, is just, it just so happens that mine and Renee's story is just a really good example of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank God. Of that guy. Oh. Man, there's so much, <clears throat> so much. And I'll tell you real quick, we've got more. I know we're coming. But before we get past this, this is just a, such a big story. It's so, so close um, to our hearts. This was hard. The whole process from everything was hard for me and Tracy too because we were so close to all of you guys. So for us, we were in the same boat. We don't fully understand. But then when we began to see God's hand in it, it became, it became clearer how he was working things that were not good to good. And it's, it's one of those things that is a testimony that is a reality that we've seen. This is something that we see right in front of us that someone who may feel hopeless thinks that you know, God's forgotten about them or that he's not involved and he can't fix something that they think is the worst thing ever. And here, here we are. We see that God's hand was through it the whole time. Like he was there with you the whole time. And, and like I said, all the conversations we had, I was encouraged by you. And I hope I, I hope I helped some, but 
most of the time during our conversations that we would have, I was encouraged by how, how um, bold you were in the, the statements you were making about how good God was going through. And it's always impressed me to see other people do that. I hope that I, I hope that I embody that as much as the people that I know that, that you guys do. But that was just, that was, that was something that I thought was really cool that even, you know, I just, I was constantly just enamored by how, how good God was in that situation, how you expressed that through what you were going through too, Bill. So, yes. Can I quickly point out the follow up, the follow up to that? Um, his wife did die of cancer, but uh, a while later, uh, Amanda Schreiner over there had stage four cancer and you and Bill, I don't know if anybody caught the significance of this, but Pastor and Bill, the guy whose wife died of cancer, went and prayed for Amanda Schreiner, and God healed her of stage four cancer. Yeah. God is good. The doctors were confused. They didn't know where it had gone. He does as he pleases. He's good. So, yeah. Lauren, I think Lauren was next. Oh, my gosh. I hate this so much. I hate this. I can't. Should I just? You You can run around the room. Um, I don't care. I can't not. No. I can't. I can't not say anything because um, I was saved at <laughs> I was saved at 18, and um, when like the rest of my friends, I guess they were they got heavily into um, the college life of like partying. I guess like I was like full full on just like Jesus and just obsessed, and I guess like he's just he's just so good and he's so faithful. <laughs> I'm 29. <laughs> and I still love God and like I don't know like just just keep at it but anyway I wanted to tell you all the story of Bean (laughs) so Beanie is my baby her name is Emily Emily Rachel Turner and And, um so uh I was like listening to this worship leader named uh Stephanie Gretzinger and she was just I'm so nervous I hate this and and she um (laughs) Okay, so <laughs> anyway, okay, this is good. So anyway, um, she was, like, talking about her, like, her pregnancy and, like, how God, um, I guess, like, she, she, like, God was, like, speaking to her, and he made it, her pregnancy, like, really, like, legit, and so, like, he, like, woke her up, and he was, like, you're gonna have a baby, and, like, this baby's gonna be this and that anyway, so I was, like, God, like, you know, I want a baby, and I want it to be legit. I want you to, like, I want you to do something weird, like, that, that's cool to, to, like, talk about. So, um, anyway, like, I did have a dream of, um, of a little girl with blonde hair, and she's wearing a backpack, and she was this tall, and, um, she, I knew she was two years old in the dream, and, um, in the dream, it, like, I guess it, like, zoomed in on her necklace, and it was, like, a bumblebee necklace, and then, like, I didn't tell anybody except for Daniel and um, maybe Angela. But, and yeah, I think I did tell Angela anyway. And Angela, so, like, we went to um, Dirt Cheap where we shop. And uh, Angela was like, look at this, like, little girl outfit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there was a bumblebee on it. Like, the tag was a gold bee. And then, like, a couple of days later, Lydia was like, hey, like, I just made you a necklace. And it was, like, a golden bumblebee, like, as the um, little thing. And then um, we, yeah, so Beanie, I was pregnant, and then, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the morning that I found out, my, uh, my boss called me, and she's like, hey, 
are you pregnant? And it was like, I had found out 10 minutes before. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. And, and um, she's like, well, I had a dream of you, um, you know, that you were pregnant. And I was like, well, now you know, like, you're the only one that knows, Daniel doesn't know. <laughs> so, so um, I don't know. I just, like, I think that God can do ordinary things and, and extraordinary things. And I think that it can go as far as um, what you desire. And if you have not, because you ask not, so you can actually ask him to do, like, you know, make your life more interesting if it feels boring. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's no limit. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tracy, make a note that we've got to get a onesie that says legit baby on it. All right. okay. Don't forget that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That was awesome. That was great. Um, <laughs> I just sorry. I'm just a child, so legit baby stuck out. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, who else? That's, yeah? Um, not because I'm holding the mic, because if I was in the crowd, somebody would bring me a mic. Okay. But I, I, it occurs to me that there, there are some people here that haven't been here long enough to know some of the history of what God's done in this place. And so I just want to do a quick summary. Starting with, uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, our associate pastor died. Um, of stage four esophageal to say that right cancer yeah mobile infirmary I mean he was there you can you can you can Spring Hill I'm sorry he was in a hospital <laughs> and he died and and nobody went in there and did a rain dance or dumped a gallon of oil on or anything they were just they were just out in the courtyard milling around saying God send him back and and so he got better um, God raised him from the dead. God healed the cancer. That, that was gone. God even healed the radiation burns from the treatment that he had been receiving. So he went in, he died, he came back out. Um, we, we already mentioned Amanda over here, but there was another Amanda that was on the worship team that was struggling for most of her adult life with a, with a condition called POTS. I can't tell you what the words are. That was the acronym. But it basically is a severe immune deficiency, immune disorder. Did all kinds of weird things to her heart and her blood pressure and her respirations, and she just would, would fall out and have trouble on it on stage, because then they would think that was God, but, um, but she would have problems, and she couldn't lift her children, and she'd get out of breath, and um, the pastor, I think, after worship one Sunday morning said, I feel like somebody's been suffering with something for about 12 years, and anybody, anybody, and she was back behind him going, me, so he about to point to her, so the ladies prayed for her, and over the course of the service, God healed her body and began the work of healing. But within two weeks, she was, off, she was off of her medications. She was chasing her kids around the yard. She was carrying them upstairs. She was completely active and completely functional. Yeah. God miraculously healed her. And she still is, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what else have we done? What else Lee, has happened? Lee McDougal. Lee McDougal, another, another earlier, um, he had been studying for, he had been struggling for 25 years with, with Parkinson's, and it, it, it all started going downhill when he had a car accident when he was about 25 years old, and his health was just degrading, he had had numerous surgeries and all kinds of trouble, he was at the point now where his digestive tract wouldn't really, hey, uh, he was struggling with uh, his digestion, he wouldn't be able to keep food down, and um, wow, I just got some significance out of that. He couldn't keep food down. I know what you're talking about. And we'll the pray, doctor, about and the doctor said, hey, let's testify. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the doctor said he probably wouldn't live another year because he couldn't keep food down, and he was just withering away. 
And um, Pastor Mark at the time, he's like, well, I've got some frequent flyer miles, and he got some other guys to contribute. There was a conference going on in Texas, and so they put him on a plane and took him to Texas. There was a, a, a Bill Johnson was out there at a conference. He says, I believe, God just spoke to his heart, I believe we can get him to Texas, God's going to heal him. And so they were there in the meeting in Texas, and Bill Johnson said, I believe there's somebody here that's struggling with the long-term effects of an accident they had years ago. And, and Lee raised his hand, and Bill just said, well, you people around there, y'all just, y'all just pray for him. And, and as they prayed for him, God healed him on the spot. All the symptoms were gone. And so the following Sunday, they flew back. The following Sunday, they had Lee tucked away in the office almost as a joke, um, kind of a price is right thing, door, door number one or whatever. Um, but uh, Mark said... Uh, well, you guys know that we went to we went to Texas. I went out there with Lee McDougal, uh, but I came back with a different guy, and, and here he is. And so the doors open. You could have played like this game show theme song. He went running around the room, you know, doing laps around the room. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, I won the price is right. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> we to be clear too, he was. He almost died on the plane right there. He couldn't eat anything. Yeah. Basically, the doctors had had told his family to kind of distance themselves because he was going to die. He had a death sentence basically. Yeah. He was in a wheelchair. He was hunched over. Like, he, he was in real bad shape. I mean, it was, it was, there was, there was no cure. I mean, he had Parkinson's and it was in the last stages. So, I mean, there was, it was a, a fairly hopeless situation. So, um, I, I th- just to, just to kind of clarify, as, as if we need to know that, but I mean, it was, this was one of those radical healings. And what I want to, I want, I don't want to make light of any of those, but I, because of what I know now and what I've experienced so much of, as you were saying those, those are really awesome and, and, and they're incredible. But just as awesome, in between each of those, I started thinking about a lot of the relationships that were healed in our church. We've had devastation in relationships that should have ended in, um, and I'm not going to name names, but some of you guys know some of these people that are involved in some of these situations that should, for all practical purposes, ended a relationship, but have not only not ended a relationship, have made that relationship stronger after. Not only that, have, have brought more life into that relationship and have is a complete miracle that the, this relationship is restored and is stronger than it was before it seemed to all fall apart. And so as, as many as there are these, these ones that we can, we can put out there to you guys on the Internet and you guys in here that we feel are so miraculous, and they are, um, there are all those that seem so small, even the one that we, we just heard um, from you guys, as far as how God moves in every little situation. I always use the example of a parking space. Someone said something about one time, and, it, and I scoffed at it like a jerk because they were like, oh, well, I, I, just, I was having a bad day, and I just asked God to give me a good parking spot, and I showed up, and I had an upfront parking spot, and I thought, really, you think God's concerned with your parking spot? How ridiculous is that? That's what I thought back then. But now I realize, no, God was concerned with someone who have, was having a bad day, and that was just, it doesn't mean you're always going to get the good parking spot. But God specifically in that instance said, this person needs something right now, and this is what they need, and I'm going to give them a good parking spot. So it's those little things, too, I think, that tie in with all these what we would consider in our perspective big things that makes God very real right now, not just when you die and go to heaven. It makes God and his kingdom work and move and, and give us, just like I was saying this morning about the legions of angels, it gives us this understanding that this love lives in us that flows out of us and changes us and everyone around us, not, not the other way around. We're, we are manifesting this stuff. We are the ones that have it. And while we're here, and I know what you were hinting around to because I could feel it, um, but we need to pray, and now's a good opportunity to pray uh, for Margaret. She's struggling. Yeah, your brother's, or your sister-in-law, I guess, right? Yeah. She's having lots of issues. You guys probably saw it on the Facebook page. So um, it, 
I know you guys don't mind, so if you'll just stand up with me, we're just going to pray right now. We're going we're, we're gonna to pray um, and just make intercession for her physically. She's dealing with some digestive issues. Um, I'm sure it's much more complicated than that, but God knows what it is because he knitted her together in her mother's womb. So we're going to ask him for healing right now. Father, we, just, we pray for Margaret. We pray for Chuck. We pray for the whole family. Um, Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come in her body right now. Lord, we know uh, that whatever is not working in her body, you know exactly what it is. You know, you, you, you have a different name for it probably, and you created it. So, Lord, I pray that you would bring life in that area. Lord, whatever is not alive, I pray that you would make it alive, that you would heal her. Lord, we're not asking um, as, as, as timid orphans. We're asking as bold sons, heirs and co-heirs with Christ. And so we... we we proclaim this good news, and we thank you in advance that you are already healing her. And so, um, Lord, we just pray healing in her body, 100% whole, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, looking forward to a good report from her soon. That would be awesome. Oh, so much going on. All right, who else? Testimony? Bud? Oh, you already gave a testimony. You can't do two. I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, take your time. I'm messing with you. <laughs> but about that. The testimony never ends as long as we're in Christ. That's right. Amen. That's right. And uh, I just want to share. You can go and listen to my testimony if you want to. It's on. I shared it on. His Facebook. name's Gary Horton on yeah, Facebook. Gary He's, Horton. It's yes. AKA Bud. AKA yeah. But uh, in in my part of my walk with Christ, we got these two girls that are our nieces, and we got custody of them. And I really struggled. Uh, with uh, genuinely loving them like they're my own children. And uh, my, my wife and I discussed it a lot. And one day she finally hit me something with this that came from the Lord. It had to be. is Because uh, I told her, I was like, honey, I, I feel I struggle because I feel like I don't love them enough or, or as I should as their father. Mm -hmm. and uh, because I'm not their real father and she said something so profound she said, I said I feel like I'm faking it and she said uh, she said it's not fake because they need it mm. when you love them and this is just like Christ he loves us because we need it wow. we have to have him and it changed, it changed the way I started loving her. Wow. I actually, right then and there, wow. I, I had a better understanding. That's awesome. I mean, it was awesome. Wow. <clears throat> but man, I, I don't want to speak out of place here, but hearing your testimony, and you, I know you say sometimes you don't speak very well, um, but I want to encourage you. you. You've got a voice, man. I, I don't know what that looks like as, as far as ministry goes, and I know that you, you, you minister everywhere you go because that's what we do, but I don't know, just something, I don't know what it is, something just struck me. You, you, I don't know, just, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but just hearing what you just said and then hearing your testimony yesterday and this morning, um, I just want to encourage you, don't, don't be shy about that. You know, uh, I, 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 and here's another testimony. I struggled with that a lot when I first began, even in youth, began to minister and thinking, what the heck am I doing up here? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not a polished speaker. I'm not this, this kind of, you know, preacher type. But, man, there, there's, there's power in what you have to say, and I believe that that's a gift that God gives. So do, do with that what you will, but I just I, I felt it very strongly. So, all right. Whew. Talk about something else and stop crying. Yeah. Uh, Lydia, Lydia. Lydia. Hey, guys. 
Make yourself comfortable. This is my living room, so I do what I want. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I just want to testify about what God's been doing in me, especially the past two years, but I guess it goes a lot longer than that. Um, and I'll try to keep it short because I know that, you know, we don't have that much time left. But um, obviously, you guys know my my beautiful, wonderful family who have been amazing and have always loved me and have been just incredible in every way. Um, but I guess outside of my family, I just had a lot of emotional trust issues, um, especially just like, I don't know, like not knowing who my friends were and like wanting so desperately to love people with my entire heart because I knew that that was what God had for me and that's what he gave me to give. But also being really wary of actually letting people know who I was. Um, and so I could... I could do all of these like fake vulnerability sessions and um, talk about things that really were happening in my life, but for like the deepest parts that I was most concerned about, I didn't tell anybody. Um, and so obviously that was unhealthy. <laughs> and um, in high school and a bit later than that, it just kind of got worse with friends that I like just progressively feeling like I couldn't trust some people in my life and um, ended up like basically falling in love with somebody that I knew wasn't right for me. And God had told me, like, distinctly to not pursue it. And I just refused to let go because I was afraid I wouldn't find anything else. And so when that finally ended, I just emotionally turned off for most of the people in my life and didn't really want to let anybody into anything because I was just ashamed because I felt like I didn't really not necessarily deserve the love, but that, like, it would never really happen. And so I just didn't want anybody to know me at that point. And God really had to pry me open with the crowbar. <laughs> um, but he just basically started from scratch with my walk with him. And he's like, the reason why you're having all these problems is because you don't really know who I am. And you don't really know who you are. And so he just kind of started from scratch one day, um, where Justin actually had a word, where it was just um, that you're you having trust issues with God because you feel like you can't understand him. Um, he wants to, to know you and to know you intimately and to open himself up to you, um, even in the things that you're not going to understand. And so that just everything kind of shifted from that point. And realizing who he was and... Um, there are some, some amazing worship leaders and teachers named Jonathan David and Melissa Helser, who we do some of their songs here. But they also have a podcast that I came across um, where they really talk about what life with God and everyday life looks like, what your inner life with God looks like, and sustaining rhythms that aren't necessarily like the big passionate moments of like, oh, I love you, God. Ah. But the every day of letting him into to each little thought in your life and everything that you feel that he wants to be in all of it, the good, bad, and the ugly. And um, they recommended a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that I got through Amazon and took to Spain with me. Because um, I was like, this seems, I, it seems like I need this. And I, had never, I didn't really know anything else about it. And so over the course of that trip, I really went through the book in each section, and um, it came to a point where I was just worshiping in my dorm room, and God was like, your weakness and your emotions 
they aren't something to shame you. They're a privilege because you can lean on me. And he just gave me full permission to, to practice and to open myself up and to be willing to be wrong because it's in pursuit of something amazing. Yeah. And it just totally messed me up, <laughs> especially when you're not around your family or any of your friends and you don't really know anyone and you're learning in a different language. Um, so it was really like a crazy trust exercise of um, really leaning into God and pursuing new relationships and having incredible connections and being able to testify and encourage people in Christ and in just learning how to be loved by God as he was teaching me how to do that. And um, it's something that I'm, I'm still walking, but I've made a lot of a lot of headway and my friendships and my family relationships are so much better and so much richer than I think they've ever been in my life. So that's good. <clears throat> I think something with uh, us not trying to avoid our weakness or, or some of our fears, but embracing and seeing where they are and giving those things to God helps us to, just like you were saying, lean into his strength and understand that the places where we're lacking, he fills. So even in the places where we think that we've, we've either failed or we're not good enough, those are the places when we can actually shine the brightest because it's where God fills those places in. <clears throat> so we can use our giftings that we have and in the places that we don't, God can take care of those for us. So I think that's really cool to, to recognize it, to see that we do have some weaknesses. We're not perfect. <clears throat> but in our weaknesses, we... God demonstrates his perfection through us, which is a beautiful thing. So I think, it, I think recognizing that, having that revelation, helps us walk it out day by day and moment by moment, like you were saying, and incredible exercises when you are away from everyone speaking a different language. That's more than an exercise, I think. So, But yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I also want to make a note that like, that especially applies to church. I think that people sometimes get frustrated with Christians because we think that we should all know better, and then we don't act better. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the hardest ones for me um yeah. and god was especially like i want you to distinctly reach out for community and especially with other christians yeah and they're not going to be perfect but neither are you and you guys can both grow together yeah just like opening up that session and yeah we can't control what other people do mm -hmm. and we shouldn't try to we can control how we act and react to people and so i think in those ways we do the best that we can on our end and whether people receive it, just like we talked about last week, they can the, the peace can rest on them. They can receive it or they cannot, and that's not up to us. We just keep casting. So I agree. That's good. Um, also, <clears throat> we're going to kind of wrap up. We've got a little more, little bit more time, um, but we're about to wrap up because it's about time. But uh, I want to mention this before we do. We, we talked before church. We've talk, been talking about this for a long time. But we're going to actually do it now. Uh, what we're doing in here is kind of a live version of what we want to do. Um, and do little videos. I haven't even got with Gabe yet, but Gabe, I know Gabe's cool with it, and Brian are going to help me with this. Um, we want to get you guys and do basically what we did here and have them kind of edit it down to about three or four minutes, which most of it would be about that anyway, and share them if y'all are okay with it. But I think you should be. <laughs> I think you should be. <laughs> if you're not, then don't do it. But if, if you're willing to do it, I think that it could be beneficial to people outside of our church. And these are things that we will share publicly on the public page to help other people not just see it with that word picture, but also walk through the door, like actually experience it. So um, get with me at some point, either text me or something this week, or I'll try to contact a few of you guys as far as giving your testimonies if you're willing to do it. And we'll set up a time where we can either come up here or meet you guys at your house or something and set up a camera and just get a quick video of you guys giving testimony, and they'll edit it down 
and do whatever they need to do to it, and we'll post it up. So y'all cool with that? Yeah? Okay, cool. We're going to do that. I, just, I didn't want to forget that, so I'm scatterbrained too. So, yeah, real quick. <laughs> no, you're good. I didn't want to start. I just wanted to just share a quick testimony. It's on Facebook. It's on Lauren's page. Um, but um, when, uh, when, Gabe was, when Gabe was born 25 years ago, August, um, uh, came home from the hospital. You know how it is. You just live in exhaustion with a new baby. Um, I was napping, and I thought I heard him crying in my sleep. And so I got up and started sleepwalking, but I actually was running to go get him. And I woke up when I, my head hit the, 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 trim, the, the trim of the, of the doorway, and uh, I collapsed and ended up having to go to the hospital. And I had a severe hematoma. And they thought my husband had abused me. So I kind of got in an interview. They're like, now who hit you again? Now, you know, what happened? I said, I just fell in the door. I'm a, I'm a new mom. Long story sure short. Did. Yeah. So I, I had some complications. I had about five years where I couldn't touch the right side of my face. Uh, I think there probably had been some nerve damage maybe. Couldn't lay on that side. Long story short, for about 20 years, I've had um, terrible headaches on my right side. And on that side where I was, where I got hit, well, I never even put the two together. So back when all the quarantine started in March, um, I, I had a, a had the headache for about two days. Got to the point where it was affecting my vision, and I just couldn't function. Anybody that's had headaches knows what that feels like. Um, and so Dad said, "Let's just pray for Mom." And so we, they prayed for me, and. Um, and, the, and, uh, and Andrew said, you know, I just feel like maybe, and he didn't remember either. He said, you know, I just feel like there's like maybe some scar tissue there from something. And the Lord reminded me, that's the side you hit on the door when you went to get Gabe out of the bed. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. And I said, Gabe, you get over here and pray for me. <laughs> it's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> and, so, and so I did. And so Gabe just <laughs> said a very simple prayer. He, he, he laid his yeah. hand on my head. And, um, and, and he said, Mom, I feel your head shifting under my hand. And as he said that, all the pain melted away. And wow. I've had no headaches. Wow. And I believe, I believe I was restored. And so I'll just say this for anybody that struggles with headaches. God is faithful. You know, we talk about have faith in this, have faith in this. No, just have faith in God. Yeah. Have faith in his faithfulness. Yeah, that's right. Have faith in his faithfulness yeah. because he is dependable, right. because he is good. And faithful is he who's called you who also will do it. Right. That's good. Amen. That, real quick, uh, that reminded me of one that we forgot, which was Delia Knox. Um, yeah, I know. Like we should forget that. But when you said when you said he could feel that, I remembered the story of Delia Knox. We were, we we actually invited uh, Mark and Marianne to go out to eat, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to check out this revival thing." And so we missed that first one when she actually got up. We caught the second one; she was on heels and walked across stage. But um, but I remembered the story in the video, and basically, you know, Delia and she sang in our church in a wheelchair the the Sunday before. Yeah, they filled in on a sabbatical, and and so. Like, and, and she had been through so many healing things that she was done, and, and she didn't want to have any, you know, she just, she even wrote a book about, you know, she's, this is okay, she's okay with it, she's just not going to walk. I mean, her spine was severed, and so 23 years or something like that. And so, uh, so anyway, but for whatever reason, that night she said, well, I really, we really feel like we need to get prayed for here, so they did. And uh, he, 
if, if uh, I hope I don't butcher this, but basically I don't, from, the, from what Mark tells, he was eyewitness there. So he said, uh, he said that they never really told her stand up or anything like that. They just said, you know, let your faith arise. And she said, I can feel your hand on my leg. I haven't felt a hand on my leg in 23 years. And so to me, I love the way God does some of these things, that it's not about us getting all worked up necessarily. It's God just, just and we don't, just like Bill said, I don't fully understand why. He does some things and doesn't know. I don't. I, I, I don't. Um, but what I love, uh, Buddy even said, we get caught up on the things we don't understand about God instead of the things that we do. And so what I do know and what we have seen very clearly is he healed her right there, um, and she could feel his hand. So it was happening before. She wasn't trying to make it happen. She had already been picked up and plopped. And, I mean, they, she would tell you, plopped and dropped and, you know, pushed and oiled and whatever. Uh, she had done all the things. <laughs> And she was done with it all. And so this was a moment, when, to, to me, I really relate to this because it was how, I, how my experiences with uh, God's giftings and different things happened to me where I strived and strived and strived and strived, nothing happened. And then God, just out of nowhere, was like, here you go, and just threw it to me. And I was just like, all right, well, that was cool. You know, this is much better. Um, yeah, just lay me on the grass. And, and what I, yeah, this is how he does. So it's pretty cool how God is so relational that he, 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 in his time, makes things work out. He makes yeah, beauty from ashes. I mean, it's just one of those things. So, yeah. All right. Uh, can I mention on YouTube, you can just search Delia Walking on Mark's page, yeah. and you can watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's cool. It's pretty awesome. Um, and another crazy story, we invited Lynn Hiles last year, and he actually knows the Knoxes, uh, Levy and Delia, knew them. Knew them. She's, like, from New York, and she, he knows their family and everything. We had no idea. It's pretty cool. Um, so... We didn't get a ton of, of testimonies. We did get lots of comments. I'll have to go back and read because I was distracted with what was right in front of me. Um, but uh, if, you, if anyone listens to this later on, feel free to throw some here. We're going to try to video some. Feel free to comment on this later if you're on the interwebs. Um, but for now, you guys stand up. I'm going to pray for you guys, and you will be able to do whatever you want. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we, we are thankful for what you do, but we are just thankful for who you are. And, and in knowing who you are, um, everything changes. So knowing how much you care for us, how intimately you want to know us and want us to know you, Lord, thank you that it changes our perspective on relationships that we have on earth. Lord, that we can begin to open up and, and we're not so defensive and we're not so afraid um, and we don't have to, um, to have anxiety about the things that are going on around us because what is inside of us is so much greater. Lord, that we're not, we're not timid, we're not afraid, we're not scared, um, we are bold. And we are bold because of who you are in us. And, Lord, you're not afraid for us to show our personalities, for us to show our giftings, for us to have fun, for us to have an adventure. Lord, you are with us every step of the way. So, Lord, as we, uh, as we dance through this life, Lord, we just let you lead and we follow and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.